supplements, vitamins and minerals, an all-natural soup, salad, and smoothie bar, as well as a health food grocery and gift shop. So get good with the world. Be happy when you get healthy. And that starts at the Health Nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall. Finally, we can get back to normal life in Wyoming. That means get out and go somewhere, do something, but get the car ready for summer travel after limited use for so long. Midas to the rescue with a complimentary safety inspection, plus discounts on oil change packages and savings on other critical components like up to 120 bucks off tires and 100 off brakes. Stop in and the good folks at Midas will fill you in on all the details. Midas Tire and Auto, East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. The office supply department continues to expand at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. Need office supplies? We're here to help. We're adding more in-stock items all the time. You can also go online to SheridanCommercial.com and view over 42,000 office supply items that you can have delivered to your office or to our store. We'll even deliver them. SheridanCommercial.com is an office supply mega website. The Sheridan Commercial Company office supply department inside at 303 Broadway or online at SheridanCommercial.com. Celebrate the 4th of July with family, friends, and your country neighbors with fireworks. Whizbang Fireworks is now open with a huge selection of fireworks, including high 500-milligram display cakes, multi-shot reloading artillery shells, bottle rockets, Roman candles, bigger and better assortment packs. Whizbang Fireworks will get your 4th off to a big bang. Open daily, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. on North Main Street behind Pizza Hut. Sheridan County allows the use of fireworks July 1st through the 7th. Please follow local laws. Whizbang Fireworks. Fireworks. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. You know, there's a lot of different kinds of springs. There's the kind that you wind up tighter than two coats of paint. There's the ones you pull apart and they spring back, and there's the kind you push together and they bounce back. And there's the kind of spring that is time to get your 4 before side-by-side tuned up for the year. Just call Handos and Joe will spring into action. Heck, he'll even come and get it. Tune it up, fix it up, even rev it up. Four before spring tune-ups at Hando's Service Center on Sheridan's Heartland Drive. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, the University of Wyoming is currently hosting distinguished leaders from across American industry, higher education, national laboratories, and the government to develop concrete policy recommendations aimed at keeping the United States at the forefront of innovation and economic competitiveness. Also attending this Mountain West Innovation Summit, is the governor of Wyoming, Mark Gordon. And I am joined this morning by Chad Baldwin from UW's Office of Institutional Communications to speak on this summit and all things University of Wyoming. Good morning, Chad. Morning, Floyd. How are things uh, down in Laramie? How's your weather? Beautiful. 
just gorgeous. And uh, it's good timing because we have all these folks from all around the country here on a good Chamber of Commerce type of uh, weather time. So yeah, it's great. Yep. Yeah. So what is the purpose of, of this Mountain West Innovation Summit? What are they looking to gain out of this? So uh, this is uh, uh, led by an organization called the Council on Competitiveness, which is a national uh, uh, sort of think tank uh, that um, uh, offers ideas on how to help the United States be more competitive in this in, in the world, um, primarily economically, and and uh, they push innovation, and have been uh, had pretty influential. Uh, in guiding federal policy on on uh, on these sorts of things, our president uh, Ed Seidel is a member of this council, and uh, and uh, invited them to come to uh, Laramie this year for this uh, this uh, summit, and and so the purpose is to try to help uh, come up with ideas to help the country be more competitive, and in particular they're looking at. Uh, how r- rural parts of the country can can play a bigger role in this. Now, what is the format of these meetings? What what are they like? Are, are is this a series of presentations or or just a series of closed door meetings? So we have uh, we have I think three keynote speakers. Two happened yesterday. One of them was last night. Governor Gordon spoke uh, earlier. Uh, one of the top leaders of the National Science Foundation spoke, and. Uh, um, so there are those keynote addresses, uh, and then there are um, there are some closed door sort of work sessions, but then there are, they always report out to a, to the broader groups with these plenary sessions. So it's kind of a mixture of it's people getting together and, and talking about ideas, uh, sometimes big ideas, is basically what's happening. Is there an audience in attendance? Is this something that's open to the public for uh, like general yeah, there, viewing? There are look there's there's a it looks like at least 100 to maybe 200 people who are there, and uh, some are just observers, uh, some are participants. It's kind of a mixture of both. And uh, I'll just say the other keynote address is going to be delivered by uh, uh, the uh, CEO of, a, of an electric car manufacturing uh, company, really? uh, which is kind of cool. Uh huh. Yeah. Now you said that there. Are really kind of focusing uh, at least one aspect of it on rural communities uh so we're talking smaller communities throughout uh, states like well throughout the nation wyoming nebraska places like that with these yeah. smaller communities and how we can compete or help with competitiveness on a global scale that's right yep fascinating it, it, what types of things uh, are coming up, or, or have they released that sure. report yet? Well, they they, uh, they haven't gotten that report. They, this uh, Council on Competitiveness previously issued something called Competing in the Next Economy. That was in 22, uh, excuse me, 2020. Uh, and so now they're, they're kind of taking the next big thing. And among the topics are energy. We're talking about uh, energy sustainability and, of course, we know that's uh, super important here in Wyoming. Um, uh, it, it also talks it talks about nuclear energy. So the the leader of the Idaho National Laboratory is here, uh, and he's talking about, uh, of course, nuclear energy, which is uh, a big deal in Wyoming because we're Kemmerer is the the uh, site of a of a 
demonstration nuclear plant, kind of next generation nuclear plant. And uh, uh, a, yeah, I'm uh, really looking forward to the development of that plant uh, once she goes up online. Uh, of course, I imagine that's probably years in the future. I think you know, we're, from what we're hearing, in, in about five years, it should be getting pretty close to to, to coming online. It's so it's uh, not not decades. It's just a matter of some years. Wow, wow. You know, I can't remember right off the top of my head, but how many individuals? Uh, are going to be employed by that? Do you remember? I don't remember the exact, but it's in you know it's in the hundreds. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, and it's a whole range of people, not just you know nuclear engineers or that sort of thing, but it's other folks too, welders and you know uh, a wide variety of of uh, jobs will be supported by that. Absolutely, yeah. a lot of a lot of duties go into taking care of a place like that. And uh, we've got some other great news uh, for our our, our nuclear departments over there but before i get to that during governor gordon's uh talk was there any garnering uh for businesses to come to the cowboy state was uh what kind of ideas did he throw out well i i uh i did not attend uh that particular session but so i can't tell you for sure i will be talking to people today to to find out more but um it's certainly uh, this is really all about job creation. Yeah. And uh, and uh, um, that's at the top of everyone's agenda, and uh, you know great efforts are being expended to to bring more companies to Wyoming, but also help those already here grow. It's kind of a combination. So the Wyoming Business Council kind of leads those efforts. The university is a proud partner in that effort, and and many people are working on it. And this this uh, one of the things that's kind of cool here is we got people here from all over the country many of whom have never been to Wyoming before. And uh, they're seeing, you know, the world-class facilities we have here, the, the world-class people we have here. And uh, i got to think that's going to have some, some impact in our, uh, in our recruitment efforts for, uh, for companies. And, and when you talk with students down there, uh, close to graduation, uh, do you find that a lot of individuals are looking to stay here or relocate? Maybe, you know, it is a university, so I'm sure a lot of people want to go back to their home state. But uh, I've just, I've always wondered, uh, you know, what's the percentage of our students from the University of Wyoming who stick around right here at, sure. uh, in Wyoming? Well, Floyd, this is something we need to work on. Uh, we know that about 70% of our graduates go out of state yeah. after they graduate. And, uh, you know, the makeup of our student body is about 60, 40, 70, 30 uh, resident to non-resident. So that means we're losing some of our homegrown students to, to out of state. And a lot of that's because we don't have the jobs in their fields. Some of that is some, you know, kids from Wyoming, some, some of them want to get out and explore the world as oh, well absolutely yeah uh, i mean a, a lot of them a lot of them want to end up wanting to come back <laughs> that's something back, i've but, noticed as well yeah but uh but so we'd like to make that so it's our our uh, graduates don't go out it's not not to the same numbers they're going out now yeah uh, and to do that we've got to get those industries here that's right uh yeah. and, you know we've got the room to do it i'll tell you that yeah well, uh, it depends on who you talk to about that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes, we do have lots of wide open spaces. Absolutely, it's just we got to, you know, we want to preserve a lot of those as well. So it's, uh, it's kind of a delicate balance we have to find. Yeah, it's finding that balance, that controlled growth within the state. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I would love to see more of our students uh, stick around right here at home. 
Um, now, now we were talking about n- nuclear energy, and UW researchers are going to receive $800,000 from the Department of Energy for Nuclear Environmental Justice Report. Chad, what the heck is a, is a nuclear environmental justice re- project? So this is tied uh, to the project in Kemmer, Floyd, and uh, it's specifically in Terra Powers, the company that's working on it. They're a partner in, and, and supporter of this, uh, of this grant. And it's basically taken a look at uh, kind of the when you when you site major nuclear um, installations like this, there are impacts on the communities. Some of them are environmental, some of them are social, uh, and it's just so th- these researchers from UW are going to be looking at with community members and. And uh, the developers, environmental organizations, and other stakeholders to make sure that there's a, uh, 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 you know, that this is done with the impacts that people can accept. Yeah. So, do they explore worst case scenario type ideas? Well, I'm not sure that they're looking at, you know, what if a meltdown happens or that kind of thing, because I think I'm not sure that's concerned, but it's things, questions like this. So it's like, what are the needs for when it comes to, say, housing, when you get an influx of engineers while this is being built, for example? Uh, and, uh, you know, what, what type of um, what impacts on the environment is one of them? Uh, and then looking at just, it's just how is this going to affect this community? Yeah. And it's a holistic sort of look at it. Kind of a 30,000 feet type of examination. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Now, uh, will there? do you think other surveys and, and projects like this are going to follow? Uh, this probably isn't going to be the last of, of these projects. Maybe this is even uh, one of the first. I, I think you're right. I think this is going to be a, a – this is a, you know, it's a pilot project. It's a test project that could mean you get more of these smaller nuclear – uh, facilities built other maybe out to other parts of the state, certainly around the country, and so yeah, this will be this will be intensely studied uh, for years for sure, and and this is kind of a, a, a you know a first of its kind sort of approach because this is the this is funding from the U.S. Department of Energy, and uh, um, and so um, it's it's a way to to make sure all of our bases are covered. Yeah. During the development of this uh, power plant, how big of a role is UW going to play in this? Well, this this particular grant is an example of our participation in that. Um, uh, but there's other ways, too. Our, our School of Energy Resources is uh, certainly at the table. And, you know, I'll, I'll say we're not one of the leaders of this effort. This is a... Um, you know, largely a, a uh, well, it's a, the Department of Energy is involved too, so it is a private public kind of collaboration. Uh, um, but uh, I, I foresee that we'll be involved in a number of ways, one of which certainly is workforce preparation for yeah. people to work there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, why, why farm out side of the state when we've got uh, our own engineers right here down at, the, down at UW? All right, when we return, we're going to continue with the University of Wyoming. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Share it.
This is Eric Jacobson, partner at Eliason Financial. I think we can all agree that living and working in Sheridan, Wyoming is an absolute privilege. At Eliason Financial, we support our community through volunteerism, philanthropy, and making a positive economic impact. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. I'm talking with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda. Tommy, hi. Did you know that Honda has the best gas mileage of any national brand? Oh, that's huge these days. It definitely is, and it's no secret that new cars are hard to find. So Honda's offering more peace of mind when buying used. The Honda Certified Warranty comes with extended powertrain coverage, a free oil change, and 90 days of Sirius XM Radio. Well, discover the best way to buy used at Sheridan Honda. Stop in today. They're not just there at tax time. Cloud Peak Accounting's professional staff is available year-round to help you with your business accounting, personal records, and ranch accounting, too. With their easy-to-use website, it's easy to do business with them, and they're currently accepting new clients. Don't have time to come in to meet with them? Don't worry. You can even do business with Cloud Peak Accounting from the comfort of your own home. Visit cloudpeakcpa.com. The City of Sheridan Weedon Pest Division would like to announce that mosquito fogging will begin starting the week of June 20th and continue through the mosquito breeding season. Fogging will take place Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday evenings when necessary. For more information to report heavy concentrations of mosquitoes or to request that your home be in a no-spray zone, please call the Mosquito Hotline at 307-655-8297 or visit the website at SheridanWY.gov. At Brackleton's, we like to bring something new to the menu every few months, and it's that time again. So let's talk about one of our new dishes, pan-seared salmon. This is an 8-ounce salmon filet, seared in butter with saffron risotto pilaf, tequila-glazed sweet potatoes, and finished with blueberry serrano drizzle. The best of the best out west, Brackleton's Fine Food and Spirits. Located on Main Street, downtown Sheridan, where good food is good mood. Stop! Step away from that grizzly bear and leave the bison calf alone. If you're looking for the perfect memento of your trip to Wyoming, Legacy Diamond and Gems offers safe and beautiful alternatives, including Wyoming Bucking Horse and their exclusive Bighorn Mountain Jewelry. They're crafted in gold or silver and are available with any gemstone of your choice. Hurry down and see Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse brought to you by our friends out there at Elias and Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting and this morning I am with Chad Baldwin from the Office of Institutional Communications at our own University of Wyoming. Now more than 60 high school juniors including seven from Sheridan and Tongue River High Schools are going to have the opportunity to experience college life during the 38th Annual Summer High School Institute at the University of Wyoming. This is taking place on July 10th, and it'll run through the 30th. Chad, what is this Summer High School Institute? So something that's been happening here to, during summers, Floyd, for uh, since then, I think maybe the mid-'80s. It's, uh, and it's really cool. So kids who are going to be juniors in high school apply for this, and or I think they're nominated. I can't remember, but... And they're selected to come and spend three weeks here on our campus, 
kind of experience what college life is like. So it's a, it's a, it's a really cool thing that, you know, gets kids interested in, of course, showing what college is like. Well, I'll admit part of it is that kind of we're hoping that they'll decide to come to UW to college. Yeah, a bit <laughs> so of a recruitment kind of, tool, sure. Sure, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, so they do take classes, but it's uh, it's a way to meet kids from all over the state, and and uh, and you do social events and field trips. They're not just in a classroom. You're doing robotics, and you're doing you know uh, stuff in the outdoors. There's a talent show. You go visit museums. There's some athletic type activities. Uh, workshops, films, performances. I mean, it's just a wonderful experience for these kids. And a lot of them, I think, go on to be some of our student leaders, honestly, here at UW. Yeah, and kind of getting their feet wet uh, and and showing them just exactly what they've got to look forward to. Uh, Now, were they juniors this year, or they'll be juniors the next academic year? They've got to be juniors this coming fall. Okay, so they've got a whole whole two years to really think about what they want to do. Yeah, they're just coming off their sophomore year, and uh, uh, you know, for some, maybe they already know they want to do college. Maybe they even some of them want to know what they want to study. But I think most kids are kind of still in the exploratory stage at that age, Floyd. But we do know that we, it's for planting the seed of, uh, of going to college is something. That the earlier you do it, the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can I can attest to that. Uh, I didn't get into college until I was 21 years old. I uh, decided to uh, do some other things beforehand. But, you know, when it came to sending my daughter on to higher education, I told her that it is easier to keep the ball rolling than to get it going again. So as soon as she was done with high school, we uh, we started looking at, at colleges. Uh, because I, I, I will say, you know, um, you can take a couple years off, and that's great, but it is a little bit more difficult to get the back into the swing of things. Now, I, I think this is a fantastic idea, having these kids down there. It sounds like it's it's worked pretty successfully in the past, and it, it really creating leaders uh, in our, our our higher education institutions throughout the state. That's right. You know, Floyd, we do a lot of This isn't the only thing we do during the summer. You know, we have a variety of camps, whether it be music or athletics or, or, uh, or you know, like astronomy and all that kind of thing. So kids are coming down here all summer from all over the state and and that's great and then it's sometimes it's not even a uw program for example i know that uh american legion had boys state here on our campus last week so uh um you know we have these are these facilities we have down here are belong to the people of wyoming and uh and it's important that they you know they're open and and used by people from around the state this is their university and and uh, we're so we're always really happy to have people come down here in the summer especially the kids but uh, you know we have like teachers come here for training we have you know all kinds of things happening now a symposium co-hosted last month by the university of wyoming's college of law and hump school of environment and natural resources brought together more than 350 people both virtually and in person and this is to commemorate the 150th anniversary of the nation's first national park Yellowstone. Now, uh, this two-day event was held at the Buffalo Bill Center of the West in Cody, and of course, this was before uh, the tragic flooding and, and the changing of the landscape in Yellowstone. Uh, but Chad, what was the bigger picture purpose of this symposium? So it was to, first of all, celebrate, right? The, the, the 150 years for the 
world's first national park, that's a big deal. Absolutely. And, and so that that was a big part of it. But then it was also talking about, you know, uh, um, the challenges of, of having a national park where 4 million people per year, per year come. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, tied in with a part of the state that's really important, this greater Yellowstone ecosystem for um, for wildlife and uh, other things that we hold dear in here in Wyoming. And so it's kind of plotting, looking toward the future, too, about how do we make sure we preserve this, you know, crown jewel, really, of, of, uh, of Wyoming. And uh, those of us, you know, in Wyoming, think it's the crown jewel of the whole national park system. Yes. Uh, and so it's um, uh, making sure that, you know, we, we preserve this unique and dynamic place. And uh, what types of subjects were really discussed regarding the national park? So one of the things that was, I thought was particularly interesting was the involvement of Native American tribes. So, you know, they, they were there before uh, any of the white folks were, and, uh, um, of course, were displaced. But they, it's, a, it's an important place to, to, I think, 27 tribes. Wow. And so there were people represented from all there talking a little bit about that history and how the, they, could, they could be more involved, perhaps, in, in uh, managing it as we move forward. Um, but then there was, you know, things like... Uh, even the panel talked about how it's a, what an inspiration it is for, for artists and, and, and uh, that sort of thing. Um, then we talked about the wildlife, of course, not just the, the, the big, you know, charismatic critters like grizzly bears and bison, but even some of the smaller animals that are important there. Um, talked about, uh, um, you know, as the climate does change, I mean, uh, how, how is that going to be impacted? Um, talked about, um, uh, you know, just park visitation and how we're going to handle that in the future. Um, you know, it, it is kind of interesting that happened just relatively shortly before the big floods. Um, and and uh, I'm impressed that they're kind of, you know, reopening as quickly as they are. Even those yeah. north entrances looks like they're going to be open soon. So it's, uh, it's just a, it's a place that a lot of people care a lot about. And that means it just takes a lot of co- collaboration to manage it appropriately so that, so that, that it's preserved and yet all the, the national park is designed to be used by people. And so this is kind of fighting that balance. And at the same time, uh, it is a place for conservation and a place where we can house our, our, our natural resources in flora and fauna and be able to observe those safely. And uh, please, folks, from a distance, uh, Chad, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to speak with us. It is always a pleasure, sir. Same here, Floyd. Thanks. When we come back, we're going to talk with the friends of the library. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Share. Jacobson, partner at Eliason Financial. I think we can all agree that living and working in Sheridan, Wyoming is an absolute privilege. At Eliason Financial, we support our community through volunteerism, philanthropy, and making a positive economic impact. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. 
What if you had more time to manage your business operations, sell your products, or take a vacation? What if you had someone to pay your bills, handle your payroll, or watch your bottom line? Let the accounting professionals at Harker Mellinger add free time to your schedule by providing a cost-effective bookkeeping service as well as adding useful management reports for your business. Call or visit Harker Mellinger at 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. And remember, the initial consultation is always free. I'm Michelle Hart from Cody, Wyoming. Last year, my husband Tim was on a wildland fire down in New Mexico and he was injured um, parachuting into the fire and he unfortunately passed away uh, nine days later. Shortly after he died, I actually went to D.C. and asked to meet with Liz. We had a very intense and emotional conversation about these issues. Liz was really surprised when I was telling her about the issues of homelessness, pay disparity. She really wanted to do something about that. Those words were followed up with action. I just really enjoyed the f of getting to work with her and having her supporting Tim's Act in the House and really pushing and putting pressure on legislators to be able to do something to fix these issues that are really critical to the public safety. She's a true fighter on their behalf and I look forward to continuing to get to work with her until these issues are fully resolved and I know I have her commitment in doing that. I'm Liz Cheney and I approve this message. Paid for by Liz Cheney for Wyoming. The rodeo is part of who we are. It's our history, our identity. But boy, this is not your granddaddy's rodeo anymore. The Y.O. is bigger, better, and bolder. Larger purses, tougher competition, and a whole lot of family fun. Come for the world champion Indian relay races, high-stakes PRCA action, and a warm welcome unlike anywhere else in the world. You gotta be here to feel it. Get your tickets at SheridanYORodeo.com. Hi, this is Sheridan County Undersheriff Levi Dominguez. Last year, Sheriff Alan Thompson announced his retirement and endorsed my campaign to run for sheriff. I'm truly humbled for this opportunity and look forward to serving as your next sheriff with a focus on continuing a community approach to law enforcement, maintaining local, state, and federal partnerships, and leadership development and training for our staff. I would appreciate your vote August 16th. To learn more, please visit my website at levidominguezforsheriff.com or find me on social media. Paid for by Levi Dominguez for Sheriff. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends over there at Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. The friends of the library vitalize and share their enthusiasm for the use of Sheridan County's libraries and their resources and their services. The friends' goal is to provide direct financial assistance to the library system. One way they accomplish this goal is by holding fun and interactive events and festivals such as the upcoming second annual Storybook Festival. And joining me for the second part of the show this morning is President of the Friends of the Library Board, Susan DeWald, and Co-President Victoria Dahlstrom, and Vice President Tyler Julian. Boy, I got all the leaders right here in one room, don't I? <laughs> How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, oh, happy you. to have you guys on here. Now, uh, tell me about the Storybook Festival. What is this thing? Well, the Storybook Festival is um, its our new big fundraiser. We used to do the auction, and now we're doing a family-friendly festival at Whitney Commons Park. It's held this Saturday, June 25th, from 8 a.m. to noon. Um, it is bigger and better this year, but a little shorter. We've got some local vendors and food trucks. We've got a pre-race yoga on the lawn. We've got a fun run. You can dress up as your favorite storybook character. And we also have story time with local authors, Live music, some magic, 
kids' games, and lots of fun. Now, uh, the schedule of events seems pretty packed. Uh, how long do you think uh, this is going to go on? Victoria? Yeah, so this year we've shortened it. It starts technically at 8. We are extending it a little bit. So we have yoga at 7.30 for all of the racers and non-racers who want to prep there. So 7.30 for yoga, and we'll go until noon um, and start cleaning up at that time. So between 7.30, yoga, then we have an 8.30 start for the race. After that, kids' events, we'll have live music, some impromptu magic and just a lot of fun events in the meantime. Now, was this last year or two years ago that we held this? Did we skip this last year? I can't remember. We did this last year, and then in 2020, we did a virtual fun run because of COVID. So this is That's right. technically our second annual big festival. In yeah, the yeah, I remember that uh, uh, asking folks to uh, dress up as their favorite character, go out, go out on a run. And then shoot it up to you guys, and you would feature it on your Facebook, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, I've always kind of wondered what those individuals look like running down the road looking like Gandalf <laughs> or uh, Dr. Seuss or, or somebody. Uh, and people just wondering, what is going on over there? <laughs> uh, but this year, it's going to be a whole crowd. Uh, do we have uh, people signing up already? We do have people signing up already. You can check us out on our Facebook page or Instagram page um, to register for the race. And we have vendors and um, food trucks and everything all lined up already. Now, what are some of the characters you guys have seen in the past that you can remember right offhand? Uh, well, my nephew dressed up like a cowboy, um, and he was just a little baby then, but I think he even won. I wasn't a judge. It's <laughs> it. bias. It's bias. I know. I know. Um, this year, though, we do actually have Gene Galliano, um, Poet Laureate of the state of Wyoming. He's going to be one of our costume contest judges, um, and then we'll pull in a couple of the board members to help judge as well. Um, I'm trying to think what else we had last year, maybe some pirates. We um, had quite a few bugs. Yeah, oh, there were bugs. bugs. Yeah, yes, that's there's a, big a lot one. of bugs. Lots of butterflies. <laughs> butterflies. Yeah, we had Captain Hook. We have Dr. Seuss, Thing 1 and Thing 2. Mm. Um, Cinderella. We had a lot of Harry Potters. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, the huge book series for yeah. kids. I mean, uh, you know, that whole series got kids into reading, uh, well, back into reading uh, heavily throughout, uh, what was it, the 90s? I think that's when they came Late out. Late 90s, yeah. 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 So I could imagine you had a lot of Harry Potters yes. out there. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, what was the other one that uh, kids got into a lot? They made movies out of it at Hunger Games. That was oh, another yeah. one. Yeah, those two, yep. yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Katniss or two out there running down the street. Now, uh, what is the cost to join the Run Walk? Because this is a fundraiser as well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so it's $35 um, to join the Fun Run. So it's a 5K or a one mile. Um, and that also includes a T-shirt. Um, I'm wearing our yellow oh, from last that. year. Yeah. Um, but we actually have a nice turquoise teal color this year. Um, so it's going to be great. Uh, we also have some goodie bags that go to the racers. Um with some lip balm, some stickers, some cool things like that. So um, you do get bang for your buck besides supporting the library. Um, which is, yeah, I mean, that's the, the real cause right there, isn't it? Now, usually when it comes to the Friends of the Library, what are some of the things that you guys fund that our listeners might not even know about? They think, oh, well, that's the library. The government takes care of that. But what do you guys do? Um, We... 
We help support literacy campaigns. Um, so we have in the past couple of years done a free book giveaway um, for the summer reading program at the children's libraries at all four local branches. Um, some of our monies have gone to purchase things that the library doesn't have maybe in their budget to purchase. Um, it, it allows the library to basically buy whatever they want if they want to do some arts or bring in an author or do a writing workshop, it allows the library to do those kinds of things. So that's what our fundraising branch does. And so basically, if we have like a, a big event there at the library, more than likely the friends of the library are probably involved in funding that. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, and I, I want to emphasize uh, the friends of the library support all the branches. So that's the Story Branch. Uh, that's the Tongue River Branch. That's um, the branch out in Claremont. Um, we support all of the libraries in Sheridan County. <coughs> and uh, now now there's a tease. Uh, if we can get just a tease for some of the prizes that mm -hmm. may be offered for our winners during that run, uh, do we know what that's going to be yet? We do. You get a fantastic certificate that says you won. <laughs> Bragging rights. Yes. That's what we call that. And we've got some tokens for our Java Gypsy uh, coffee truck and Kona Ice. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Now, what kind of games are we going to be seeing? Are, when you guys uh, organize these games, do you ever mm -hmm. sit around and you're like, all right, this got to be storybook-themed games. Uh, is that the kind of games we're going to be seeing out there? We're going to see a, a lot more lawn games, like things that you would do with your family or when you're out camping. Um, so we're going to have some cornhole, some we have a, a golf, like target golf chipping contest. Um, we've got some bubbles. We've got a bounce house. So it's, it's really just family friendly. So anything that your kids would enjoy doing or your nieces and nephews, that's what we're going to have out on the lawn for the kids. You know, when it comes to cornhole, when I was back in college at the University of Wyoming, it was just really starting to gain. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, we all remember playing that uh, in schools when we were kids. But, man, in the 2000s, that game really took off. And now there's got, like, national competitions. And it's some people get pretty now. serious <laughs> about that, don't they? It's amazing how serious some of those folks get. Now, uh, you talked about some of the vendors that were heading out there. What kind of food are we going to be able to eat? We have pizza coming, so they will have both breakfast pizza as well as um, switching to lunch there closer to noon. We also have Java Gypsy. She'll be offering breakfast options as well as coffee, and Kona Ice will be there as well for a little See, sweet treat. I'm one of those people. I'd go to the yoga. I'd stretch out, <laughs> and then I'd ruin it all by eating a breakfast pizza before the run. <laughs> oh, before I'd just the have run. To walk. Wait till after. Yeah, yeah, I would just have to walk the run. Now, I... You said that you're pretty much lined out, so you're not looking for any more vendors, though. We have a few more spots for vendors. So um, if people are interested out yep, there. Yep, and we are offering um, it for free. You don't, We don't have to pay. Um, so if you're interested in being a vendor, just reach out to the Friends of the Library. You can call the library, um, or you can look us up on our Facebook page and message us that way. Um, I think we have maybe five to ten spots available mm -hmm. if people are interested. Now, if I was a vendor, uh, maybe I'm just uh, out there getting my feet wet, brand new truck. Can I reach out to you guys and get my name on a list and, and have you call me whenever you have an event like this? Absolutely. So it's yeah. kind of the same information. Just give you a ring and say, hey, I know you guys are full during this one, but next time uh, I'd like to get my name in that hat. Uh, now, 
what kind of items are going to be featured during this auction? Because there's also a, like a silent auction that's going to be taking place, yep. right? Yeah, we've got um, a few items for silent auction and some raffle items. Um, we have a, a round of golf out at the Powderhorn that's been donated for four plus a cart. We've got some signed books from Pamela Fagan Hutchins, um, her Patrick Flint series and her Maggie series. Um, we've got a catering and a one-night stay at the Waldorf um, a story guest house for two people. And we've got some other fun things. We've got a camping set and some schmores, um, a kid curious basket, just lots of good things. We've got bowling and car wash passes. So um, we'll have raffle tickets. You come down and purchase one of those. Or if you're interested in a silent auction, you just write down your bid and we'll... Um, we'll give those out at the end of the day. Yeah, a new one we also added this year. We have two discovery flights through the Sheridan Pilots Association, which will be amazing. So definitely um, add that in for the raffle. Discovery flights. Yes. Uh, do you have details on that? Well, I am not the pilot, <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> but uh, the Sheridan Pilots Association will take you up, and you will have an option of one of two planes They'll take you up, up for about 45 minutes to an hour tour around Sheridan. I did it a few weeks ago. It was amazing. Um, highly recommend it. And just to see our community from a different lens. Absolutely. Uh, wow. That that would be what I'd be throwing my, my money into right there. Now, uh, how did this idea first evolve? Um, the Storybook Festival, uh, this is our technically kind of our third, but our second annual that you can actually attend in person. How did this come about? Well, um, we used to do our big auction, silent auction, um, out at the college, and we've done that for years. Um, but when COVID hit, we were looking for a way to support the library because our libraries were... Um, they, they relatively stayed open for the most part, um, but to continue to provide uh, resources for them. So we came up with trying to stay healthy in our community, um, even though we couldn't be together. So we started with a virtual run, and that just evolved into um, making it a, a live um, festival, really, where kids can come down. Um, and the auction was really geared towards adults, so we wanted our festival to be geared towards um, all ages, so that's why we chose the park and chose to go with the festival route um, so that kids, um, it, I mean, it ranges from zero to however old you yeah. are, um, and everybody can come down and enjoy something. And I mean, like the addition of costumes, you know, <laughs> it, it really made your run it, it, not just fun, but something that people want to want to do every year, something that they can look forward to. Maybe they're out there planning, making their costumes. I don't know if some people like to do that, but I like to make mine. And and I, I, I've spent months doing it in the past. It's pretty ridiculous, actually, <laughs> borderline <laughs> obsession. But uh, so I think that's one of the one of the most fun aspects of this run is you could go out there. You could go run as Darth Vader if you wanted mm -hmm. to. Uh, you could run as Gandalf the Grey. I mean, it. it so you see all kinds of characters, and they don't have to be uh, storybook-specific, do they? No, mm -mm. anything you want. And you, pretty much anything you want to do. You can just throw on and go out there, take a run. It's for a great cause. <laughs> now, uh, one more time, when and where is this going to happen? So it's this Saturday, um, this Saturday, uh, June 25th, uh, starting at 730 with some yoga uh, we're registering for the run at 8 a.m. Um, the race starts at 8.30, um, and then we're 
playing games in the park, um, vendor fair, all that good stuff until noon. Um, so it's this Saturday, 7.30 to noon in Whitney Commons Park. And one more time, tell me who's going to be uh, uh, telling stories, and, and we've got some magic on the way as well, don't we? Yeah, um, so A.J. Longhurst is going to be our wonderful MC again, and he's going to be doing some magic in between our story times. Um, we got Gene Galliano, Poet Laureate of the State of Wyoming, I'm going to be sharing some of his um, children-specific poetry for story time. Um, we have Rachel Esch. I'm going to be reading from her newly published children's book. Um, who else is going to be reading? You. Oh, me? <laughs> I, I, I did agree to that. Um, I'll That's be, I'll, right. I'll be right. reading some stuff. Uh, we also have some live music. Um, Yes, in there. Gabby is going to be singing. I'm sure quite a few people have heard her at Luminous. So she has offered up 45 minutes of her time. She'll play a little acoustic guitar and sing some songs for us. How great is that? Now, you don't have to be involved in the run to come to the festival, do you? No, no, no. You don't have to do that. You can just attend the festival, have a good time, grab something to eat, maybe drop your name in for a flight around Sheridan, <laughs> and, uh, and and call it a day. So I don't have to be involved in the run. Now, there is one more thing that I want to discuss with you. Uh, I've, I've only got about six minutes left. But you're looking for board members of the Friends of the Library. How many people sit on your board currently? Right um, now, it's seven. We just had a few more, or or nine. We had a few more join just recently. We are looking for about three to five more members um, to really, our work is enhancing the library's flexibility and what they can spend. And so proactive members of the community that have an interest in the library, interested in furthering children's education, we meet once a month. Um, now, Victoria, what inspired you to join this board? Actually, Susan did. She invited oh. me, and I know how much I utilize the library as a child, and uh, it's near and dear to my heart, so happy to give back. And did it take a lot of recruiting? Or, no, Or no. you were like, you know what, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to yep. do this. Is, <laughs> is, is this the first board you've ever been a, a member of, or, or are this you pretty is, involved in stuff? Yeah, this is the, well, the second one I've joined. I think I'm on three or four right now. Wow, you're busy. Yeah. Busy. <laughs> Tyler, what about you? What got you on the board, buddy? Uh, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this. Know, we're close that's to called group. the waterfall uh, effect. Uh, but I, I think that's one of the cool things about it, right, is we're building a community here. Yeah. Um, and uh, I would just reiterate some of the things Victoria said. Like, uh, we want people from out in Ranchester and Dayton that utilize the library branch out there. We want people from Claremont on this board, right? And so... Um, how can we expand the library community and make sure that people are um, represented and the people that utilize the library um, are helping build that community up and um, directing how that money's used. And um, so she got me involved and I have always been a library patron and I love libraries. I love books. I'm a writer as <laughs> you found out. And um, so it, it didn't take much for me to get involved, but you know, some of our, um, board members are, you know, um, involved to, with jobs that involve a lot of math. You know, we have a Ew. nursing <laughs> uh, nursing professor that is on our board, and so you don't have to be like a, a literary a person. literary yeah. person to be on this board. And I think that's important because libraries aren't just about books. You know, yeah. they're about um, access to internet. You know, um, they're about access to uh, community events. They're about access to information. And um, 
we're helping create that by um, giving the library more freedom to spend money um, for programming, for children's literacy, for all those things. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you think about things like uh, local history, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking Sheridan region-specific history. I'm going to the library. I'm going to go back into that that room, Wyoming the room. Wyoming yeah, room. the Wyoming yeah. room, and I'm going to be doing my research back there. How many individuals uh, do you think use that every year? And 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 that's not per se like a literary thing. Mm-mm. It that's a historical thing. Yeah. How many kids are going in there looking up, uh, you know, science terms and 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 making sure that they understand their homework? And those meeting rooms are being utilized all the time. The library is really a community hub. Yes. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. And and I'm glad you brought something up, Tyler, when it comes to the smaller communities within Sheridan. Uh, how many members of the Friends of the Library are Sheridan-centered, are, uh, live here in Sheridan? And, and then, uh, you know, I don't expect you mm-hmm. to know where everybody lives, but we would like to get more people from those smaller communities, wouldn't we? Yeah, yes, definitely. Yeah, most of our board right now is Sheridan-centered. We just had someone come on from Ranchester. Um, and we had a couple of ladies that were from Story, um, but they've retired. So, yeah, we'd love to have people from Claremont and Story and um, Ranchester Dayton, all the surrounding communities. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Susan, from your last two recruits right here, <laughs> I can tell you you're building a very good board. Thank you. Yes. Now, yes, if, I, if I did want to jump, jump on that board, what do I do? We meet every um, Tuesday of the month at 5.30 at the Sheridan uh, Fulmer Library. If you're interested, you can come to one of those meetings, um, or you can reach out to the library, give them a call. They'll give you some information. Um, or you can contact one of the friends through our Facebook or Instagram pages, um, and we'd be happy to meet and share some information with you. Um, you can come check out a meeting or two and see if it's the right thing for you. Right, yeah, get involved, folks, especially if you're out there in one of those smaller towns. You're looking for something to do to be involved in the community. This is a great way to get it done. Tyler, I've got one minute left, partner. Tell me one more time when and where is our Storybook Festival going to be. The Storybook Festival is this Saturday, uh, June 25th, uh, 7.30 a.m. to noon in Whitney Commons Park. All right. Now, I want to thank you folks for coming in today and sharing this with me and uh, keeping us informed on what's going on, and I'm looking forward to the Storybook Festival. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE in 103.9 FM. Sheridan. This is Eric Jacobson, partner at Eliason Financial. I think we can all agree that living and working in Sheridan, Wyoming is an absolute privilege. At Eliason Financial, we support our community through volunteerism, philanthropy, and making a positive economic impact. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. 
Deputy of the Sheridan County Sheriff's Office. I'm running for sheriff. I have 15 years of Wyoming law enforcement experience. I believe community collaboration together with proactive law enforcement approach will lead to effective law enforcement in the community. When you vote for Brandon Masters, you vote for a leader who stands with the principles of grit. I humbly request your vote for sheriff on August 16th. I want to thank the citizens of Sheridan County for supporting the sheriff's office. For more information, find me on Facebook or visit my website, brandonmastersforsheriff.com, paid for by Brandon Masters for Sheriff. Frackleton's brings you this pet of the week from the dog and cat shelter. Karma is a friendly dog with a lot of energy. She loves to run and play and loves to take plenty of walks, hikes, and needs a fenced yard to run in or a ranch where she can put her healer skills to work. Kittens, kittens everywhere. The shelter has kittens to spare. Plenty of shapes and sizes and colors for homes to call their own. Stop by the dog and cat shelter and take your pick. Hammer Chevrolet is a lot full of quality pre-owned vehicles, Troy Baker. Bob, a lot changes daily. If you're looking for fuel efficiency, we have a 2017 Infiniti QX30 luxury all-wheel drive that gets 21 in the city and 30 on the highway for $24,495. We also have a 2016 Chevy Trax LT all-wheel drive that gets 24 in the city and 31 on the highway for $19,795. All of our pre-owned vehicles are priced below any VA value. That's how we do business. Hurry in. A lot changes daily. Hammer Chevrolet, 107 East Alger, online, hammerchevy.com. Life is already so busy. Why make stops at multiple stores when there's one store that has you covered for projects big and small? CNB Sheridan now carries home and gardening products from hoses, grass seed and tools to John Deere lawn tractors and compact tractors. Everything you need to keep your lawn looking great. All in one convenient location. Stop in and check out their expanded inventory and see for yourself why CNB Sheridan, located at 2491 Heartland Drive, is your New one-stop supply shop for all things home and garden. Pittsburgh Paint, with over 135 years of product expertise, is now available at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. You will now find Pittsburgh Paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Pittsburgh Paint is a leader in quality and product innovation and built to perform for the job at hand. Now with two great paint brands, precise color matching, architectural and homeowner paints and coatings, plus a large inventory, it only makes sense to get your paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company at at 303 Broadway, open seven days a week. From Jill Bates in the Best Team Studio, brokered by EXP. News Talk 930. K-R-